From 1965 to 1980, a generation was born on this planet into a world they didn't create. This generation promptly experienced video games, VCRs, and the chicken nugget. Today, still remembered through movies and music, that generation thrives as middle-aged men and women. If you are bored, if you want to learn something new about something you already know, and if you can stand them, then maybe you should listen to The Latchkey Files. Today we're going to talk about, discuss, and learn some things that maybe people aren't aware of, but we're going to confine our discussion to a single movie, a 1980s American sports comedy, iconic sports comedy, Caddyshack. Well, you're talking, I mean, you want to talk about Caddyshack, that is one of my all-time favorites. I know more lines from that movie than I than I care to even admit. That's how much I've, or many times I've seen that movie. I mean, what else? You got everything. You got Chevy Chase as that, that, uh, that Ty Webb, that pretty boy, playboy. You got the, Ted the Knight as the uptight Judge Smells. You got Bill Murray as Carl, the assistant groundkeeper. And it doesn't mean anything. They said it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but it does. See, look, this, you, 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 like he's we can do this alone or something. <laughs> this, and then Rodney Dangerfield, which I didn't know, this was his very first movie that he had been. A, he had been a comedian, but this was his very sure. first acting gig in a movie. So this is this is one, and he plays Al Al Chervik, the the real estate developer, the eccentric. Hey, hey you know, I mean, <laughs> little fish out of water, on. yeah. And uh, directorial debut for Harold Ramis. Some of you people might remember him from Ghostbusters. He was the Egon, nerdy but effective right. yeah. scientist Egon Spengler. And actually directed quite a few things. Directed Bill Murray in... Uh, That's right, Dark and he also did Vacation. Later. Yeah. Um, as I remember, it's inspired by the... Uh, Brian Doyle Murray is in it. He plays the... The, the guy who runs the Caddyshack. He's always in that right. snap-brim hat, I think. Lou, right? Um, Lou. Lou. Lou works as a caddy at the Indian Hill Club in real life. As a matter of fact, a lot of these guys did. His brother Bill, his other brother John, who was a production assistant, Harold Ramis. These guys, you know, worked as caddies as teenagers to make a little extra cash. And they must have drawn their their movie from a no, lot that's of their what, experiences. If, if you, yes? you know, kind of read behind the, the scenes, every single one of the main... I wouldn't say you know main characters, but a lot of the, uh, the the different ones that are floating around were actually based on real people. Which actually, I don't know how many times I've saw Caddyshack, and I never understood why Maggie, Danny's girlfriend, was was Irish. That made hmm. that make aggressive. Like, like like one of her famous lines: "Tanks for nothing." Like tanks like, for uh, nothing. Was, but I didn't realize that 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 actress's name is named uh, Sarah Holcomb. She was also in Animal House. She played the daughter yeah. of the mayor. Remember the underage daughter? Yes. Oh, severely so, well, yes, underage. Yes, that's a whole separate. That's uh, <laughs> just a little. Yes, yeah, severely just by a month underage, thirteen-year-old daughter of the mayor. She's got Tom Hulse right. on the football field and admits that she's thirteen. Yeah, that 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 has not that aged is uncomfortable. well. Uh, I mean, she's barely a right, teenager. Right. She's just started becoming a teen. How does she work at the supermarket? That's what I was thinking. Maybe the labor laws were, were different at that time, but. You know, it's so. actually a, a, a sad story. So Sarah, she was younger than at, when they were filming Animal House. She was like 19. I'm blue. She's almost 30. And you know the stories on the set of Animal House and Caddyshack. I mean, just a snowstorm of cocaine and alcohol. <laughs> and I would imagine quaaludes were floating around. Anything Whatever. you wanted, yeah. 
you know, that, you know, sure. they were doing. So she kind of got caught up in this sort of fast crowd between the two movies. And unfortunately, uh, she actually developed a substance abuse problems, which, oh. and then she was battling schizophrenia pretty much, uh, the remainder of her life and she's still alive. Um, but her last, I That's think credit was Caddyshack. So you go from these two That's major movies to nothing. It's, it's an unfortunate, sad byproduct oh, of so. being obviously much too young for this sort of crowd. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the stories about the, the what was going on on the set of, especially Caddyshack, are, are legendary. Right. That it's, it was just a free-for-all. Um, that it, I, I, you could make the argument that, well, creativity is fueled by these kinds of things. Maybe yes, maybe not. Not everybody was on board with that, though, right? There were cast members who disapproved. <clears throat> this is that. actually a much bigger story than to, to sum up. So let me get into the best way I, I can look at it. If you actually, there's a, a book that somebody gave me because I am a Caddyshack freak. Caddyshack one, not two. I'd like to get that, get ahead of that right now before that <laughs> sneaks up. Clear okay, no up. Caddyshack two. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's a book that somebody bought me for Christmas called Caddyshack: The Making of a Hollywood Cinderella Story. And behind that, it actually opens the doors to a lot of things that they make sense now, but I had no idea whatsoever at the time. Originally, the movie was supposed to be about Danny Noonan. And Maggie and finding love, losing love, am I going to college and, and, and that sort of thing. But Harold Ramis being his first time as a director, uh, the original cut was four hours long. So I don't know too many <laughs> studios that want a four-hour comedy epic yeah, bankroll of uh, hour, to yeah. roll through there. So they had to go in a different direction. They started cutting and they realized they have these Hollywood heavyweights with – Chevy Chase and Ted Knight and so forth. And so the direction went from being on the caddies to these bigger comedy stars to get the, the movie a little more depth of legs with that. And you can sort of see that in the opening, it's not really a montage, but the opening sequence when you go to Danny Noonan's, I guess it's a it's, house, it was a house or boarding of... house. Or like, <laughs> it's, it's got a thousand kids in it and like ethnically they're all like they don't well match, I think like so we're I think I tried to count home? that one time and I think I actually <laughs> counted 17 different people in that house it's like little orphan Annie. oh yeah like, I was just, waiting for them to bust out in and song. even the father <laughs> father in the movie is befuddled like, <laughs> who is this that's you almost wonder is this the actor that's your speaking? nephew yeah he doesn't know what's going like, on he doesn't know we're rolling <laughs> and he's just wondering and doesn't Danny's just he's eating, eating Cheerios, Cheerios but he I also put sugar on the Cheerios if you go back and look I never understood oh, that yes. And that's never referred no, to again. You, like, we never go back to the You never house. go back to the house. You do see the parents when he wins the caddy tournament. They, they okay. take a picture. They congratulate him. And that's it. No siblings are ever mentioned again or never seen again. So any, any, any sort of Chekhov's gun they were putting in that first we act? Had no, they yeah, they went completely, completely in a different direction, which it makes sense because the movie does – we in our heads make the movie flow, but it really is – just a lot of different scenes that don't always run together concurrently right. in terms of theme and stuff. Right. You're not entirely sure when the events are happening in relation to each other event, like how much time is passing. Well, you and here. I were laughing at the just even the scene when they go to the yacht club with yes. the, the, the pot dealer Terry and then the judges. Inter like It seemed like they were bigger characters, but they only have one line really in that in that scene but it seemed like they were set yes. up or they were dropped off like why are they here Wait, who's this pot dealer terry What's why it? is there a, a the most grunge pot dealer in the world 
at this highfalutin yacht club and nobody's mentioning <laughs> how did you get in hey what are man you doing i just got here? a little like he's right and what's how did what's the connection Wait, why is he here what's going on <laughs> Yeah, and he just vanishes. He's what he has one. Oh, line, that was no. He, he he just said, "I only have a little," and that was it. She goes, "Bye, Terry," and then that was it. Never, that's never, it. never before, hear of him never again. again. Never even reference him again. <laughs> the uh, and there was um, Spalding. Was that the name of Judge oh, yeah. Smales? That, that's his, his son grandson. or nephew? Or whatever. Grandson, grandson. Spalding. And um, he makes the joke when Danny Noonan shows up in the yachting gear. He makes the joke, "Ahoy, Poloy." Which a is actually pretty clever, because hoi polloi is means the lower class. It just that's what really? the term means. Yeah, so he's saying ahoy like a like a sailing term, but it's also way out of character. I was going to say this is the same guy that, that picks his nose and eats it. I, he, not sharp. Oh, they bet on I it. I still they when bet Ted on him Knight when it. he's sitting there and I want a hot dog, I want a hamburger, <laughs> and Ted Knight goes, "You'll get nothing and like it." I use that line <laughs> once a week easily yep. on any of my kids or students. Can we get extra credit? You get nothing and like it. Like, it just. And nobody knows what you're you can... talking about. Like, why did you get so angry all of a sudden? <laughs> that, I, see, I like him when he's trying to christen his boat christen in the, the most slew. Ted Knight way possible. <laughs> and Spaulding just gently leans his foot on it. Just casually. And Ted Knight explodes in a one-word sentence. Spaulding gets your foot off the boat. It's all one word. Um, Spaulding, too. There's a name. Right. You don't, you don't run across that name too often anymore. So originally you're saying it had some sort of loose structure that followed. And it also shows that, uh, followed Danny, it shows that the editing, they didn't catch up in editing because they should have just No, but that's actually a theme we're going to talk about later is the idea that that was the whole reason that the golfer was even in the movie really was to tie the scenes together. Oh, some, some sort, sort of, of arbitrary some kind of structure. Sort of, consistent fluidity is that if you know here's the the gopher we're we're gonna forget the fact that the pothead's no longer in any scene before or after because the <laughs> gopher's here because carl's battle with the gopher that's the thread that i guess that that together. is the running theme but i Thin, you know one of the things rodney dangerfield we know and i mean i grew up my dad loved rodney dangerfield back to school too, easy yeah. money all those you know movies but being that it was his very first movie, I guess the first scene they shot was the one at the golf store. When he's like, I'll take a dozen oh, okay. of those, couple of those naked ladies. Oh, look at this hat. That's the worst <laughs> hat I've ever seen. You get a free bowl of soup. Yep. Looks yep. good on you, though. Like, that was, his, that was the very first scene shot with him, and I guess he okay. didn't understand the way. There was a couple of problems. One, they would yell action, and he didn't understand what that meant. You know, so they're like, you, you got to go. You, you want me to do my bit, you know? And so Harold <laughs> Ramis would say, okay, Roddy, it's time to do your bit. And then he thought he wasn't being funny. So uh, he asked, I don't know if it was Danny or one of the other caddies, and bombing out here. And they go, what are you talking about? Well, no one's laughing. They're like, we can't laugh because then we have to reshoot be it. You're being the- funny. Just do you. But that was a, he had no idea. And you forget that because he was in, I feel like he was in so many movies that they were it was pretty much the same he movie, was the same character except for except for natural born Killer. oh yeah that, quite that, different yeah thanks for a little bit I, took a dark turn oh sorry we're talking down. about caddyshack keep it light take us keep, to, it, light. keep oh, it light come on <laughs> um that makes sense though you, you bring in these these people that aren't they're not actors they're comedians and say just do your stuff well i can do my stuff i just don't know when when am i supposed to do it am i supposed to look here or look there and you look at some of the scenes he's in, like the, you said, the, the pro shop scene. There's no blocking. 
Like it's just a static <laughs> shot. Everybody's standing still. Because if anybody moved, they'd get in his way or they <laughs> know what to do. I don't know that anybody else even speaks in that scene. I mean, they do a cutaway to I Ted think Knight right. taking the hat off. He just looks pissed and, and puts the hat down. <laughs> I actually thought that the hat looked okay with what Ted Knight was saying. I'm going to go out. It might be the only one. If you go back and look. Kind of the white, it was the white it hat with It actually looked pretty good it. for what Ted Knight was wearing. Okay? I would probably wear that if I look like that. Okay. Well, because he was in sort of a, a, sort of a spring outfit. Yeah, he outfit, was you know, the uptight. Now, you, you did like the, the Ted Knight character, though. Oh, I, I always liked Ted Knight. I thought he played the martinet. Really was, you know, Mary Tyler Moore show. He's Ted Baxter, which is where we get right. Anchorman. Ron Burgundy. Will Ferrell gets a it's lot of Anchorman. Now. That's why his dog is named Baxter. Really? Yep. It's an homage oh to goodness. Ted Baxter. Yep. So if you haven't ever seen the Mary Tyler Moore show, go back and watch hey, Ted Lou. Hey, Lou. <laughs> Come on, Lou. He has the same voice, really deep, resonant voice, but always playing this kind of stuck-up, clueless character. Now in... In Caddyshack, he has malice. Right, he's he's, he's the heavy to wreck things. Um, although there is the funny scene with him talking to Danny with the lamp in the way, <laughs> and they just keep trying to maneuver around the lamp. And just in a spot of rage, he just clears it off his desk, and then sort of settles. Back you know what I love is when he was talking about his job as a judge. His duty is to sometimes oh, yeah. send guys to the gas chamber. Not because I wanted to, because I felt like I owed it to <laughs> him. Owed it, which makes no sense as a line. But because it's oh, Ted it's Knight delivering it with gravitas, <laughs> you, did, you don't notice that that makes no sense at all. Uh, but So you like the you'll get nothing yeah. and like it. The one I do to my son, I'll reach out, tousle his hair, and say, how about a fresca? <laughs> huh? Huh? <laughs> That's, I mean, it is a drink. It does exist. But it's, you know, third-tier level drink nobody drinks fresca much anymore well maybe in 1980 they did i don't know i was maybe. a little young but you so you talked about it being a sort of ensemble right. with with people wasn't that who was the guy that played the old like a oh, reverend or something bishop. yeah the bishop, oh, the bishop. Uh, okay. henry wilkes wilcoxon is his name and here's what's really odd if you're looking at it he was in like silent films i mean so he was a real wow. long time you know, actor, he was in Richard the Lionheart in 1935 in the Crusades. Holy cow. And so what's funny is when... He was in the movie. Right, he, he wasn't was in the, in the actual, actual Crusades. Well, we got a couple options there, but no, he was in none of them. <laughs> uh, but when he was struck by lightning, remember he's playing the game of his life yes. and like the, the hurricane the, wins well, and he's got Carl dragging him. Let's play through. Don't they do Ten Commandments? Yeah, at the very music? end when he Isn't goes, rats, farts, yeah. and then he gets electrocuted yeah. or the lightning strikes him and he... I love when he asks, should we play through? Well, I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for a while. Oh, and it's just a, it's a, just a monsoon. Doesn't he miss a putt because the cup is full of water and so it just rolls right it over was, it? Or I think he like just that? missed that one. One, like a frog jumped out of it or whatever, There's but it frog went in. in there, but yeah. That one he just missed, and that's why he yells rats farts because oh, he's like going to break angry. the club record. And Bishop, the Lord yes, smites him. Bishop Pickering, I think, was his name. Doesn't he return later in the movie as a fall? He's oh, he's a, a fallen, fallen bishop. Yes, he's like, there, I'm he's a man, like, damn it. Don't call me that. He's <laughs> like, there is no Tonight God. Is upset. Like, You're a bishop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's you know what? As sad as it was to hear about Miss Holcomb, it's nice to hear that, you know, for whatever reason, they brought in this, this old yeah, timer. Yeah, I mean, they brought that back. So you got some, you got some life in you yet. <laughs> See what you got. <laughs> Where one ends, one begins. I don't know. So the other heavy guys, of course, Chevy Chase and right. Bill Murray. Big, big. I mean, they had been big in SNL, and they'd gone on and 
would go on to do right. still are, right? Although one, you might argue, one has gone a little bit. I think Bill Murray's in a better spot, although Chevy Chase is one of my all-time favorites. But they weren't necessarily on the greatest of terms at that time. Oh, yeah. No, they had gotten – Chevy Chase, I think, was only one season at SNL. And then uh, Bill Murray comes in. I guess there was some behind the – like a well – well-known feud between them actually some fisticuffs came when they're you know backstage pushing or or you know blows being thrown and so when they were doing bill murray really wasn't uh you know he didn't have a lot of scenes in this movie and i guess harold ramis or whatever they got together and said how do we have these two giant stars with chase and murray and they're not in one scene together so that scene where they're in you know carl shack and Chevy Chase accidentally hits the ball oh. in there, and then they they begin to smoke weed and. and Doesn't he have a like a cable spool <laughs> as a table, with various various types of grass? Yeah, that he's this been is developing. a Kentucky. This is a bluegrass. Yeah, but it's on yes, the it's cable. Right, it's on spool. the table, yeah. and it's his own hybrid. Well, that was they they threw that in almost last minute. So we we can't have this movie without these two not being in a Got scene it. together. So. Well, the scene itself doesn't. Have it has any very strength. little. It very little. I mean, he just comes in there and, and starts talking about you know he's got this game against Judge Smells and Bill Murray's talking about slicing his doesn't Achilles he, tendon. Yeah, he wants him to cut his. And the reason is he has a very technical. Yeah, oh, he'll, he'll, he'll slice it. He'll push it off. It's not. It's not even just he won't be no. able to golf well. He has very specific. He'll push everything to the right because he's, he's got, got nothing. nothing behind it. <laughs> Wasn't the chrysanthemum? whacking scene from what I remember when he's, he's killing the chrysanthemums pretending he's at Augusta what I think in the script it just said like hits right the no he like, went I guess special. that scene actually goes on a little bit longer and it's pretty much all ad-libbed right then and there with with Bill Murray you know doing that that was I mean that and when he was the caddy for the Dalai Lama remember who's he's just <laughs> yes and he's, he's poking yeah, he's, the other caddy with a pitchfork <laughs> in the neck the other cat got props to that he just, actor he just for not took... breaking either either because he's listening to this nonsense or I got Bill Murray poking me in the neck with a pitchfork. This could end badly. When you die, you'll for... receive total consciousness. So we got that going for me. And he did the whole movie like with the with the underbite or whatever he was doing yes. with his lip. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole time. But yeah, it's not like if you were to break it down and do like a David Mamet script pass, like you're not gonna get a lot of structure here, a lot of messaging. From what I remember, Doug Kenny, who was the writer, he did Animal House, than this. They didn't like the go. No, they thought no, this is right. stupid. This this is nothing. And yet the execs said, but that's the one bankable. Like it's the one thing we know what's happening in this movie. This cute little animatronic gopher. Doesn't it end the movie with a? I think it was Dancing with with, with uh, Kenny Loggins. You know the the right. '80s King of Soundtracks. Top Gun, Caddyshack 2, actually, as well. Over the Top, that award-winning Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling Double movie. elimination. Double Correct. elimination. And he's got, obviously, uh, I'm all right. He actually has a few. I saw Kenny Loggins in concert a couple years ago. Actually, one of my former players, his dad, did some, uh, I think he was his manager or something. Anyways, I got to see Kenny Rogers, and he actually called it my Caddyshack list. And he sings a song, oh, Mr. Wow. Knight, and I'm all right. Uh, from Caddyshack. So, like, Kenny Loggins is just fully he's on board. He's all with. about it. The only reason you know right, this is song. from Caddyshack, which he's not, he's not kidding. I mean, I did. I'm like, that's totally Caddyshack right there. Yeah, but let's not kid that's ourselves. That's the pool scene. We're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not, 
seeing this any other time. Oh, which reminds me, yeah, the pool scene. Isn't there an insert with, uh, is it the uh, the Nutcracker? What oh, they when do? they start the doing their dancing, dance ballet, their, their, water, their ballet. water ballet or synchronized swimming. No, is it the Nutcracker? What is it? I think it was. Was Wasn't music. it Nutcracker? It might be. Dance of the Sugar Right, Pump I Fairies, believe that's maybe. what it was. Well, you know that Baby Ruth scene, actually, that's based on a true story. Oh, that's too good to be not true. That has to be true. I, to this day, cannot look at a Baby Ruth the same way. I, every, almost every time I eat a Baby Ruth, I have to go, it's no big deal. <laughs> eat it just like Carl just, did. <laughs> here it here is. It is. Just, like, got the big pole. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that wasn't the other pool cleaner speaking in a really strange, quacky voice that was, wasn't worse. It might have been. I'd have to go back and look. He was look. talking to the two guys were on the shallow end right. of the pool. And one guy was still in the hazmat. They were in full hazmat. Right. Like they weren't even just guys with gloves. They were in full hazmat because, you know, it's a country club. You Canada cannot is, have Canada these. Is this is what happens when the caddies are allowed in there for 15 minutes. So a lot of improvisation. But on the other hand, you had explosions. At the yes. end, right? When when Carl has detonated. He detonates it. And course. if you go back, I never actually understood. I had to, <clears throat> when I was much older, I got, I understood the last scene of how they actually won because they didn't win. He just got the birdie, which meant they tied. But then Schmelz and, and Dangerfield were betting on that last hole, not the overall match. And it gets away from me. Anyways, but the okay. the explosion, yeah, the, the country club where they, they filmed it, I was not none too happy that they blew up a <laughs> quarter of the court. And I guess... Some people, like locals, thought the, a plane had crashed when these explosions sure. are going because they didn't tell anybody we're gonna we're gonna detonate all these explosions. <laughs> so I would imagine that greenskeeper is probably a little pissed that it went down that bit. way. But that what I mean about that is you couldn't that had to be in the ending. You're not gonna improvise a bunch of explosions. I would, so yeah, no, was, I think that was all planned. But apparently, it's supposed to end with Danny going on a plane to go to college. And seeing another woman, perhaps, and he's deciding. Oh, but we'd lost that. Right, that's what I'm ago, saying. So right? that's <laughs> it wasn't supposed to end with Rodney Dangerfield because the last line is, "Hey, we're all gonna get laid." Like that wasn't supposed to be the ending of the movie. Yeah, got it. Well, but the the story had essentially disintegrated. It, it, yes, it became. But by that point, they 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 threw together the quick foursome. You know, we got to wrap this, this up somehow. Tournament. We got to do something. <laughs> Because, yes, it's cool to have all these little bits, but we got to have something right, to tie exactly. this together other than a, a darn gopher. So I, it's probably better that it ended that way. Who else would you cast in this besides the people that they did? Were there any other? Well, if, from my understanding, you had like Don Rickles was supposed to be uh, okay. in there. I could see that. Uh, there's, a, there's a few. Um, if you look over on that, they had, yeah, I think um, – they had a few people turn it down, but I think Don Rickles was supposed to be like the Rodney Dangerfield um, character on okay. that. Okay. I could see him being that. You could, right? He, he, you know, and he had he had some he had some stuff going with that. He he had, he had been in movies at that point. I could see that. The other bits that just didn't ever go anywhere had to do with. Was it Judge Smells? It wasn't his daughter. It was his niece, Lacey niece. Underall, I believe. Lacey Underalls, which I think was a wasn't that a lingerie it, line? Could, the Underalls. I remember she was just like, like that she was, was a, just trashy. Was she showed up. She hits on Ted Knight or on uh, on Ty Webb on Ty, Chevy Chase, yeah. and she hooks up with Danny after the yacht club. I don't know. Like it kind of seemed 
she was supposed to be a love interest. Like, what was her real role? If you look at I it, don't you could have think about it. Take her out of the movie. I don't think anything really changes other than smells well, getting mad you don't at have, him. Yeah, you don't have Ted Knight that would have his been, house with a five iron. <laughs> that would have, I mean, other than that. Looking through the door. Oh, just, just going crazy with the five iron. With his wife in the, in the shower. Yeah, just, just wringing her hands. my stretch marks. <laughs> and, and she gives Noonan the she eye. She does. She think, kind of too, is not upset that he's in there. That, not I'm not really sure how I feel about that. That's a whole separate... Well, that that's Doug Kenny and the underage that is true. It's, problem. It, we're going way <laughs> age difference on both sides. We could probably analyze him <laughs> if you wanted to. There. What was the other thing in the in the um, country club like dance hall or, or when they were dancing the, the like the banquet hall? Club. And uh, Ted Knight is in a was he in a, like a Scottish? Yes, it was given brand. to yes, and he does the whole thing, and then Roddy Dangerfield thinks he's a waiter, tries to tip him. Yes. If you just go through that yeah. table scene, the amount of insults that he says to that entire table is fantastic. When he's like, you know, yeah. uh, hey, this is your grandson. Good looking kid. Good. Now I know where tigers eat their young. You know, like yes. he just goes through the, through the whole gamut. I, like I said, I, I do lines from that movie all the time. My dad. Yeah, my dad loved the movie. And his line was about this. I think it was a steak that Ronnie Dangerfield gets. He doesn't yes. like it. You can see, still he see the. This still has marks. The jockey, the jockey was hitting, was hitting it. Hitting it. <laughs> That was one of his My dad's lines. favorite was at the end when uh, Rodney Dangerfield says, all right, judge, pay up. And he goes, you'll get nothing, absolutely nothing. And he's like, yeah, that's what I thought. Moose, Rocco, help the judge find his checkbook. My dad thought <laughs> that was self, just your, your characters of these Italian mob what, guys. Is that a Rocky and Bullwinkle with? reference? Is that what that is? Moose and Rocco? <laughs> Moose and Squirrel? <laughs> so, uh, but then that means it leads to Caddyshack 2. Took a bit of a bit of it a nose did, And I guess Chevy Chase. Well, if you look at the original cast, Chevy Chase was the only one that signed on. So they say that Caddyshack okay. was the greatest golf movie ever made, and Caddyshack Two was the worst golf movie. Wow! You just can't. You know, it fell into that same trap that you have with a lot of sequels. They don't know why the first one was so funny, so they try to orchestrate that Got inherently. It. Like we are going to to, and it always ends up being way too. Over the top, like just slapstick, not original. Or it's programmed. No, it just it didn't flow. It just yeah. didn't have it. And Jackie Mason's no Rodney Dangerfield. Well, he's got a little bit of a different sensibility yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, Dangerfield. It's hard to think of a better guy for that role. And I think that's the mark of a, a man who made the role his own. And same with Bill Murray as groundskeeper. You can't you can't picture someone else in that role. And as, as unstructured as the movie is, you almost think it couldn't have been any other way. Those pieces had to come together just like that to make this glorious like it mess. just Like a lot of these, though, if you go back and look, they just fall ass backwards into being perfect. Like they were not ever in, yes. in, in – the intention was never to make the movie the way it was. Yet, like you said, you can't imagine it anything but what it the final product was. And the, you've said you quote it all the time. I do, too. We quote slightly different things, but – I, I do like the uh, the Caddyshack owner Lou because it made no sense. He tells someone to pick up that yeah, mud, pick, up that <laughs> pick it up, not clean it up. And he gets angry when there's a wrapper. He's just a neat freak in his Caddyshack. Well, it? What's it doing there? Pick it up. Yeah. Well, then clean it up or whatever. He <laughs> screams at him. 
He knocks over a gumball machine and gets upset. You owe me one gumball right. machine or whatever it is. No, that was great. Now, Coach, I wanted to try something because this is a movie oh. I'm an expert in, so I wanted to give you a chance. I, I asked you to come up with some questions, Ooh. some okay. trivia questions to see. And, you know, please follow okay. along, those of you who are listening. And this, you, I yep. think, will deter. I hope you give me some good ones. I don't know. We'll see. But, I mean, you're, you're a tough nut to crack on this. So. I'm not proud of – by the way, I'd like to <laughs> – uh, I'm not proud of the fact that I have all this useless knowledge, and you're probably by now understanding that. So Isn't good it's something I this, live with. since you know it, let's, let's deal with it. So we talked about the uh, – at the dinner in the country club dance hall. Rodney Dangerfield compares the chef's food to, some, to it. What is it that he compares the chef's food to? Oh, he dinner? says uh, low-grade dog food because you see the chef. Yes, low-grade. Not just low dog grade food. Low-grade dog food. Not, not the Alp. This isn't Purina. <laughs> this is the good <laughs> this stuff. This is Sam's Club right here. And then, um, and this is actually referenced more than once in the movie. So where does Danny Noonan's dad say he's going to force him to work if he doesn't get into college, doesn't go to college? Oh, he says uh, the, uh, the lumber yard. And then, because uh, yeah, Chevy Chase says, I own two lumber I yards. I notice you don't spend a lot of time there. Well, I'm not sure where they're at. <laughs> Doesn't he hit his water? Oh, that's right. When he, when he, when he blindfolded me, he hit it. He goes, where'd it go? At the lumber yard. Now, this one, this one's one of my favorite bits. Just because, there was a lot of reasons it's one of my favorites. Chevy Chase tells a story about a friend of his who was expelled for night putting with the daughter of the dean. And the way the story is set up, it feels like it should be Chevy Chase's character. But it is not. not. It is his roommate, Mitch Cumstein. <laughs> Which, <laughs> and he slips that name in. You have to, like, rewind to make sure. Did I, yes, did I did. hear that? But you're right. You're, the whole time when he's, when he's doing that, you're th he's talking about night putting and could have been a great golfer, and you think it's him. And you know who that guy was? And he goes, no, Mitch Cumstein. My roommate. And Danny yeah. Noonan looks at him it. like, sure just does that out. mean something to me? Nope. Just just <laughs> dies. Now, Rodney Dangerfield isn't actually a member of the country club because he he's an interloper. But he's a guest of some members. And it's not the Underhills <laughs> from Fletch. <laughs> which would be a different way to go. Put it on the Underhills, Bill. The Pup and Taco. So who is he a guest of? He Okay, so these guys don't really actually have – a line. I don't know which one it is, but I remember because when they're dancing and Judge Smell's wife says, who is that disgusting man? He says he's a, he's a guest of the Scots. Oh, do you think that's, that's their the, name? the last name like of the people? Because I think uh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, when he comes into the pro shop, he says it too. I'm And, and he brings oh, okay. Wang, Mr. Wang with him, which again, he's never yes, brought up Japanese after that investor. day. Or is he a I Japanese believe he was or a Chinese yeah, investor. Uh, Japanese or Chinese. He's got, he's got some. Well, he, he talks about the Great Wall. <laughs> he's got acres of the, the Great Wall side. on the good side. So yeah. yeah, the Scots. But I'm not sure which one that is. And they really all they do is laugh at a few jokes, and they're, you know, they don't really. Okay. Oh, they're at the other. They're table, they're there right? when he's when he's talking and he's making jokes about yeah. you know stuff. They're sitting there. Now, this one is one of my favorites because I still talk about this with my son whenever I want, whenever there's something crucial happening, I need my special tool. I know where you're going spatula, with this, but hit me. Spatula. I already, I already know it, go ahead, ask it. Uh, the judge has a special putter. I think it's gold-plated even, and he has it on a, on a, a sleeve. It's got a name. Do you remember the name of his special gold-plated putter? Yes, Balding, it calls for the old Billy Baru. <laughs> and I have actually used this. This I was in. I was on a double date, 
and we were we were bowling, and I needed to hit like two strikes in a row, and I am not a good bowler. And I was totally goofing around, and I grabbed the bowling ball, like a random one. It wasn't like I had my own, and I'm like, oh, blah, 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 blah. and I go through the whole thing. And the guy who who was the you know I was on the date with him and his wife, he's dying. The two. Uh, women, they have no idea what I'm doing. They just think I'm talking to this ball, calling it a Billy Baru. And you know what? I got the two damn strikes, and we won the game because oh, of Billy, Billy Baru. Billy, Billy. This is this a big, big one, Billy. Billy. <laughs> Ted Knight chewing the scenery and, and hanging tough with all the heavies. So, yeah, I still do with my son. Like, we're going to make dinner. We're going to be good, good, good dinner. Take a spatula out. No, no, no. Bring, the Billy Baru. This hamburger helper is going to be awesome. This is, it's a big one, Billy. <laughs> So that's the 80s mega hit uh, Caddyshack, unduplicable, even though they tried to do it. Mistake, mistake. Um, don't, don't mess with greatness, folks. So we hope you laughed along with the, the nostalgia, but also learned a few things about that movie. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Latchkey Files. If you'd like to experience more from us, you can find Sean O'Brien's science fiction books on Amazon, Nook, Audible, and most other book and audiobook retailers. You can also go to his website at seanobrienauthor.com. And if you're looking to get in better shape, both physically and mentally, check out Chris Varner's Lifestyle and Fitness YouTube channel called Just a Dad Bod.